Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty. Emily, according to Diane, is just the best. We worked with her to sell our home, buy a new home. Emily helped make it such an easy process in both cases. She guided us in the right direction, advocated for us repeatedly, took some pressure off of us by offering to contact people for us and make arrangements as needed for repairs, estimates, etc. If we were unavailable, Emily always took the time to make things work. It was so much fun working with her over the past few months. We would recommend her to anyone looking for a new agent. If you've ever sold a home, it's fun how you would describe it. <laughs> Most people know. But that is this, that's the unique experience that so many people have with Emily Johnson House Theory Realty, whether it is buying or selling. Uh, it's why I recommend her. I mean, I just not just on air, anytime anybody asks, uh, you've got to just contact Emily Johnson House Theory Realty. And I'm telling you that as well. I've had for years now. And it's for good reason. It's because she does such a tremendous job. Uh, and she's done it for countless people. And she can do it for you too, buying, selling, or maybe both. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty. Coming up Friday, set your reminder, 10 a.m., local for less Ozarks at ksgf.com. You can get a $50 gift card to Big Whiskey's American Restaurant and Bar for $25. Half off. If you uh, download the app, the KSGF app, you will get a, a reminder as long as you have your reminders activated uh, about an hour beforehand because, yeah, you get busy. Look, you got to eat. You like to eat. You like going to Big Whiskey. So why not save yourself money with a half-price deal? That, again, at ksgf.com coming up 10 a.m. on Friday. The Kansas City Star has a, a follow-up story regarding the ad campaign that's been running in which you have this woman. It's an anti-Eric Schmidt ad claiming that she went to Freeman Hospital in Joplin and there were some complications and the baby was not going to live and her life, her health, were potentially in jeopardy. And even though there is an allowance for an abortion in that situation, because in reality, I mean, the, the, the child was not going to live. The child was dying already. Um, but despite that, she claims that they told her, no, we won't give you one, and then she had to go to another state. Well, immediately, thinking people were, you know, well, why was she denied? It, it echoes that story from Ohio, the 10-year-old girl that was raped and impregnated, and they said she had to go to another state to get an abortion when the abortion would have been allowed in Ohio because there was an exception for that. And so immediately people, it's interesting because it's the generally the pro-life people that are the ones that seem most concerned about these patients that were not allowed to have the procedure done when it was allowed. While people on the left who claim that they're so uh, supportive of choice and, and so interested in informing women about their rights are the ones that pretend and, and falsely convince women that they're not allowed to have the procedure in those circumstances. Evidently, the Missouri Department of Health and Human and, and Senior Services is investigating the hospital, and this is according to the Kansas City Star, where a woman said she was denied a medical abortion because of the state's ban on the procedure, a situation which has gained a close focus in the race for the U.S. Senate. Lisa Cox 
spokesperson for DHSS said in an email Monday that the Federal Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services authorized the Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act investigation of the hospital on October 20th. Cox confirmed the investigation was of the hospital, not the woman. The emergency medical treatment, well, of course, because the woman did not do anything or is not alleged or thought to have done anything illegal. She wasn't seeking out a procedure that was illegal. She was seeking out a procedure that was allowed in Missouri. So why was she denied it? The Emergency Medical Treatment Labor Act, a 1986 federal law, prohibits hospitals with emergency departments from refusing to treat people with an emergency medical condition. Spokesperson for the Department of Health and Senior Services, Cox, said she could not provide any further information. The investigation was launched the same day that the Missouri Attorney General, Eric Schmidt's campaign for U.S. Senate, sent a cease and desist letter to a cable provider demanding the company remove a television ad featuring the woman. The ad was paid for by Schmidt's Democratic opponent, Trudy Bush Valentine, who has centered her campaign around abortion rights. And again, so here you have a Democrat that is out there spreading misinformation that could put women's lives in danger by falsely claiming that even if a woman's health was in danger, even if a woman's life was potentially in danger, that she cannot, there's no point going to a hospital in Missouri. Lying. Is this really the sign of somebody who cares about women? Is this really the behavior of somebody who cares about women's health? Or is it somebody that is willfully working to convince women of something that isn't true that could put their lives in danger? All for what? Political purposes. And it's not like she's going to win anyway. So it's all for nothing. I don't know, what is, I can't even begin to imagine the way that the, the minds of some of these people work, the twisted nature, where the people they campaign on being a champion, they actually target those individuals and will put their lives in danger if it serves their political purpose. House Minority Leader Crystal Quaid, a Springfield Democrat who actively worked to kick a black man off the ballot, first released the investigation, or referenced, rather, the investigation last week in a series of letters sent to the office of Schmidt, Governor Parson, and DHSS. She alleged that the investigation was politically motivated. In what way? What what would be the political motivation of Eric Schmidt or Parson or anyone else for making sure that a woman was not denied services, that she was legally not only able to get, but guaranteed. I mean, this is how you can't even make sense of how their minds work. Now, I suppose potentially you could argue it was politically motivated if they were trying to get to the truth. And if they, they're, if if the story turned out not to be true, if it was a lie. But if the political motivation is to get to the actual truth, is that really a bad thing? Is that not what we want out of elected officials? Is that not what we want out of people who are running for office seeking the truth? 
outside of seeking the truth, what political motivation in what way could an investigation into a hospital denying a guaranteed service to a patient benefit Eric Schmidt? The Kansas City Star continues, Farmer, a Joplin resident, was denied, and this is, of course, she says she was denied, a life-saving abortion procedure, a life-saving abortion procedure at the Joplin Hospital in August after her water broke early and put her health at risk, the Springfield News Leader previously reported. She was forced, again, so she said, I love how they write these things as if they're fact. She was forced to travel to Illinois to have an abortion because of Missouri's near-total ban on the procedure, which Schmidt triggered minutes after the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Again, she was not forced to travel to Illinois because of a Missouri's near-total ban on the procedure because the near-total ban on the procedure has an exemption for her situation. And so if she really truly did believe this for some reason, maybe she just maybe she made an assumption. What would that assumption be based off of? Why is it that some women falsely believe that there is no exemption at all, even if their life is in danger? I tell you why, because of lies from the left. Quaid in her letter said the timing of the investigation and the cease and desist letter was suspicious. Quote, the people of Missouri deserve to know whether their government is using their taxpayer dollars to subject private citizens to harassment for doing nothing more than exercising free speech and for something as blatantly unlawful as benefiting the political campaign of certain elected officials. Well, again, and I know this is a shock that Crystal Quaid appears to be detached from the truth. There is no investigation into a private citizen here. None. But why let the truth get in the way? Quote, they and their providers also deserve to know whether any Missouri woman or girl's personal health records can now be subjected to invasion, targeted scrutiny by your office or any other agency or state government without sufficient reason. Isn't it amazing that Crystal Quaid has no concern as to whether or not she was illegally denied an abortion? Isn't that amazing? And she apparently is doing everything she can to prevent that truth from coming forth. So much for looking out for women. She looks out for women's health about as intently as she looks out for the rights of black people to be on the ballot. Jason Ryman now with the latest news update. A man who was shot after pointing a gun at a Springfield police officer is now in the Webster County Jail. 41-year-old Roberto Escaval is a sex offender wanted for the statutory rape of a 13-year-old girl. Springfield Police and the U.S. Marshals Violent Felon Task Force tried to arrest him at a home back on October 19th, but he tried to run. Springfield Police are investigating a suspicious death. Police were called to a home Tuesday afternoon In the 1800 block of North Lone Pine, police have not identified the victim or said how that person died. Murder charges have been filed in the shooting death of a teenager. 18-year-old Kimon Brown from Springfield is charged with shooting Jaden Falls in the head. That shooting happened in July near a convenience store on South Scenic. A motorcycle rider from Mountain View is dead after a crash north of his hometown. The Highway Patrol says 20-year-old Riley Picard died when his motorcycle ran off the road and hit an embankment on Highway 95 north of Mountain View. For the first time ever, Hy-Vee will close all of its stores on Thanksgiving Day. 
the company giving its employees a chance to enjoy the holiday with friends and family. I'm Jason Rima, Springfield's Talk 1041. First alert forecast, sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvement. Sunny 75 for a high today, mostly clear down to 54 tonight. Sunny 77 tomorrow with a 60% chance for rain on Friday and a high of 75. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Floors Plus in Nixa, Floors Plus in Springfield. All of your flooring needs to do a great job. They're great folks. Um, they're good at what they do. They got great product lines, and they're experts in it as well. They they are very informed, and I, I flooring is something that I did not realize was technologically advanced as it is. Uh, it seemed like when I was a kid, you just pick. Oh, that looks that feels real nice. Uh, but do you have pets? Don't you have pets? What sort of usage do you have? Uh, you know, uh, do you wear shoes in your house? Don't you wear shoes in your house? And and the advancements that have um, you know, come out of or you know, out of the industry. Uh, it's just a it's a much much more advanced industry than I knew of, and the benefit, of course, of the folks at uh, Floors Plus is that they know all about that, and they don't try to upsell you, which is a huge deal to me. So, all of your flooring needs, any questions you may have, the simple the process is simple. You know, you pick out your flooring, they do measuring. There's, here's what it costs. Let's get it set up. I like that. Uh, find uh, their location and contact info under Nick's endorsements at ksgf.com. Somebody had texted in uh, regarding this story of the the uh, Joplin resident. I don't know if she's a Joplin resident or not, but uh, regarded a Joplin hospital where a woman claimed she was denied a medical abortion despite the fact that, um, as it's described, uh, in the, the reports, a life-saving abortion procedure, which is allowed in Missouri. And she claims that she was denied it anyhow and then had to go to uh, Illinois in order to receive the abortion when she could have gotten it here. And, of course, this is, you know, this is being used. She's being used in a campaign ad, clearly doing it voluntarily. I mean, she's in the ad talking about this, and this is supposed to be a reason. It's supposed to be because of Eric Schmidt. And so this would be a violation if the story is as she has told against the law. So there's an investigation into this. Um, Someone noted that if her water had broke, the hospital would not have sent her home for fear of a lawsuit. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I I could not say. But I do know that sounds about right. (laughs) Can't go based off of that. But as is noted in the. Emergency Medical Treatment Labor Act, which is a 1986 federal law, prohibits hospitals with emergency departments for refusing to treat people with an emergency medical condition. And as I said, I, how, why is it that people like Crystal Quaid don't want to get to the bottom of this? Find out what – is there some misunderstanding here? Uh, is this the hospital denying service? Something, I, this is the sort of thing that we should not ignore, as Crystal Quaid apparently wants us to. Uh, it, it just seems that th- this callous disregard for this woman's health by the likes of Crystal Quaid is quite contrary to their their normal presentation of being a champion of women and women's health. Let's go to Kathy on the American Transmissions talk and text line. Uh, Kathy, you work in uh, in the hospital, is that right? Do we have you, Kathy? Oh, the oh, what? Hello. Oh, there you. Okay. Yeah. Hi, Kathy. Welcome. 
Thank you. Yeah, I work in human resources. Oh, okay. Very um, good. So, yeah, maybe you could provide some insight. So, the Impala law, as you just noted, um, is it is a law, and a violation of that is a very serious charge against the hospital. Um, we have had to fire, we fired a nurse one time because she merely suggested to a patient that um, we also have a walk-in clinic that they could have accessed for their mm. care. She wasn't refusing treatment, but just that right. mere suggestion could be seen as a violation of EMTALA. So um, the, the, once that became public, they put it out there, you know, they had no, the DHSS had no, um, had no choice but to investigate that charge. Right, right. Um, if somebody made a charge like that against our hospital, oh, my gosh, alarms would be going off everywhere. Um, people would be scrambling to figure out what happened right. and why it happened. Um, the um, well, the so hospital, if it was true, would be charged. You know, they would be in serious trouble. They could lose their ability to get um, Medicare and Medicaid funding. The personnel involved would be in jeopardy of losing their jobs and possibly having their licenses taken away. I mean, it's it's a very serious charge. So as somebody who works in the industry, specifically in HR, is this a fair characterization that this scenario, given the understanding of the law by hospitals, seems very, very unlikely. However, if it did occur, without question, it's something that would be investigated. Yes, it okay. would be investigated. And the the letter that Crystal Quaid wrote about, you know, a patient's records mm -hmm. being violated, it's always regulatory and um, uh, bodies have always had the right to examine patient records. Um, mm -hmm. Joint Commission is an accrediting agency. When they come to the hospital to, um, you know, like to do our reaccreditation, they examine all. They examine employee records, and they also have the right to examine, and they do examine patient records to make sure that we're following all the rules and regulations. And well, so not and to so mention, forth. I mean, just the reality of it. How would any entity? Uh, be able to do any oversight if they weren't allowed that information? I mean, what would you be overseeing? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kathy, thank you very and, Yes, please, go ahead. Oh, um, I don't know if they would ever do it, but, you know, Freeman, they probably wouldn't do it, but I think they'd have every right to sue that patient. If it wasn't true. And uh, if it wasn't true, yeah, yeah defamation. I mean, look at what... Look at how they've characterized that entire system. Right. That they That's would true. violate somebody's rights. That they would violate, you know, laws. Put, put someone and put someone's life in danger while doing it. Yes. Yeah. Would you? I people. I mean, we we really rely. Healthcare really relies on building trust relationships with patients and with the communities we serve. And something like that is just it's just right. horrendous yeah. for that to put that hospital through that. Kathy, thank you. I really, really appreciate your insight. It was helpful this morning. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, what she says.
fits what I believe to be the case about how these these things work. And somebody who does HR within the medical system obviously is going to be in tune with this. Um, One of the problems we have, and I don't know that this is the case or not, I suspect that there are red flags all over this. And so I'm, I'm sure that there are people who are wondering whether or not she made this up. One of the problems that we have in this society, and it particularly is with those on the left wing, is they feel immune from any sort of repercussion when they falsely accuse people of things, even if those things are illegal activities they're accusing them of. That's why it is so easy. People on the left so often they'll cry racism or they'll paint something racist on the side of their house. And and, uh, and it just it happens a lot in university campuses, which tells you something. But we, we see these instances, but the people aren't ever held accountable for accusing other people of doing some of the worst things in society. Or if they are, it's not in any way that they really Uh, that sends a message that you can't just falsely accuse people of things, including breaking the law, and and think that you are, if you get caught, that it's, oh, well, what are you going to do? And as long as you make the right accusations against the right people, see, politically speaking, they know that, that so what if they get caught? Now, again, I don't know that that is the situation here. But if you do have a scenario like this in which a person does make something up like this, I guarantee you they think it's no big deal. As for the argument that, you know, Crystal Quaid is so concerned about her privacy, the only reason anyone knows about this is because a woman put herself in a political commercial. You can't have – this is what the left, they like to do this as well. They find somebody to make accusations that they then say you can't question or criticize this person because if you do, you're a bad individual. They specifically take those sorts of people to do that, which I think is a little sick and twisted. But again, if you decide to put your situation out on the public airwaves in a political campaign, you can't then complain whenever – People talk about it in a political context. You're the one who put it out there. Why Crystal Quaid appears to be so intent on citing and protecting a corporate hospital over the health of a woman is very interesting. I wonder what sort of, if any, donations she's received from the industry that she seems to be trying to protect. See, these are the questions that arise when these sort of accusations and responses from people like Crystal Quaid come forth. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. Hear about it. Hear about I, I know it. I'm beating a dead horse here. Talk about it. Talk about but it. the hypocrisy and the double standards kind of unreal. On Springfield's Talk 1041. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. First alert forecast, sunny 75 for a high today, 54 overnight low, 77 tomorrow, and then a 60% chance of rain on Friday, 75. Cooler weekend, Saturday high of 58, uh, 66 on Sunday. Coming up, we've got uh, elections. That would be Tuesday. And sample ballots sponsored by Brad Pistol, Safe Money Radio. You can find at ksgf.com. We will uh, have our traditional Nothing but phone calls in on Tuesday. Uh, You know, locally, 
I mean, there are some, look, we're talking U.S. Senate race. Schmidt's going to win. A lot of these here in Missouri, there's not a great deal of intensity and excitement because uh, it's, uh, you know, we, we know how a lot of them are going to go. Nationally, of course, with the U.S. Senate up for grabs, there are uh, some other races that are of, of more interest. But that being said, we'll have, you know, anyone call in as we traditionally do on Election Day and just give your thoughts. It doesn't even have to necessarily be about what's going on here in Missouri, but just how you think things are going. Uh, as always, instrumental when it comes to the elections, Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft, he joins us. I appreciate you being with us this morning. I imagine, I mean, I know you're always busy, but... Are you a little busier come election time? Are you like an accountant come April 15th? It is a little bit busier time. It's a little bit more stressful because, really, we've done everything we can to help the local election authorities, and we're here to help them if they need uh, things, but we don't want to bother them and get in their way and ask them if they need anything. But I just I love elections. I think it's a great thing. Really appreciate you all having sample ballots to help people be as prepared as possible when they vote. That's a great thing you do, Nick. Now, uh, in between all of, of the work you're doing, I, I do assume you find some time uh, to try and suppress the vote, right, and disenfranchise people. <laughs> Look, we need more people involved. We need more people self-educating and getting involved. Um, there's only one party that seems to be in favor of suppressing the vote, and they're the ones that talk about it all the time. Well, and we've had you on here, and, and they they have run around claiming that if you don't have photo ID, you can't vote at all, of course. And a lot of people have seen the flyers just to help people remind them to, to vote the standard ballot. You do need a photo ID, but it, for people who don't have one, uh, there is a provisional ballot route they can take in which they're still able to vote and have that counted. And I know that's that misinformation that has been put out there by Democrats has got to be very frustrating for your office here. You know, they're the ones claiming that that it's uh, you, your office, Republicans trying to suppress the vote, yet they're actively out there falsely telling some people that they can't vote and they actually can. You know, that is true. It is it is really problematic. Uh, what our message from the beginning has been, if you're registered to vote, you can go to your polling place on Election Day, regardless of whether or not you have that government-issued photo ID, and you will be able to vote. Not only has that been our message, but I have actually voted a provisional ballot because I wanted to make sure that when I was telling people it would work, I knew for sure that it would. Now, one of the areas of great concern, of course, election integrity. I know you hear this quite often, and, and it can be confusing for people in Missouri because different states have different allowances, and a lot of times some of the areas of the biggest concern uh, aren't necessarily here, but we know about them, like drop boxes, for example, uh, because they are allowed in a number of other states, and you've got rulings there. Uh, so when it comes to the security of our elections, if you would, tell people where you feel we are. I feel we're in good shape, but I don't think we should ever quit looking to say, how can we make sure that Missouri has accessible, secure, and credible elections? You have to do all three of those. You can't have a good election without security. You can't have a good election without accessibility for all registered voters. And if people don't trust the election, you need to do a better job. We can do all three. We will do all three. Um, in Missouri. But the other thing I'd say is there are election authorities in other states that are denigrating the people of their state for having questions. 
Uh, it's the right of every Missourian. It's the right of every American to question their government. And I appreciate the Missourians that are concerned and are investigating. And if they have any thoughts, concerns, or ideas, I welcome their participation in helping us to make Missouri's elections to continue to be the best in the nation. We're talking with Secretary of State Ashcroft. Uh, uh, one of the changes in Missouri that we've seen over a number of election cycles is the ability to vote early without having to have a reason. Now, I'm been very clear while I support absentee voting, I'm opposed to early voting. But nonetheless, uh, while we don't have it months in advance, there are uh, a couple of weeks allowances uh, uh, here in Missouri. And so for those who don't know, uh, if you could explain that and, and whether or not people, even if it's not absentee, if they want to vote today, they don't want to wait in line come next Tuesday. Yeah, as part of the uh, the compromise on the election omnibus bill that was passed this year, uh, to get agreement on the photo ID requirement uh, that was required for uh, two weeks of no excuse in-person absentee balloting to be allowed in Missouri. Um, frankly, it's really the same as two weeks of early voting. Uh, not a big fan of early voting. I think that supports incumbents against challengers. Uh, I think we've seen some U.S. Senate races where people have voted before debates and probably questioned their vote mm -hmm. after they saw the debate recently. Um, I don't think it's a good idea. I think people voting on Election Day in person is the gold standard. But anyone who wants that's registered in the state of Missouri may go to the Election Authority headquarters the two weeks before the election and vote uh, early they will be required to show their government-issued photo ID. I was able to make that a requirement of the two weeks of early voting. Uh, and I know, obviously, this isn't in your capacity as Secretary of State necessarily, but just any thoughts overall? I mean, of course, everyone nationally is watching. There seems to be this uh, accepted sense that the House is going to go to Republicans. A lot of questions as to the Senate. Uh, any thoughts, predictions on any of that? You know, I, I think that the administration of elections is going to be smooth. I think that the outcome, I think, could be very exciting. I think uh, you are going to see a change in control of the House from Democrats to Republicans. I think the Senate is somewhat still up in the air, but I think the Senate is probably going to switch to being Republican-controlled. The really interesting thing for me is I think there are probably – three, maybe even five Senate seats that could go either way right mm -hmm. now. So you could have you could have a 50-50 Senate. You could have a, a one-vote majority. You could see something where Republicans have a several-seat majority, and I think a lot of people will be watching that, and um, that's up to the people. The people will make that decision, and that's the way it ought to be. Do you worry about the security in any of the states, particularly those that there's a great focus on. I have personally grave concerns about Pennsylvania, and I, I know Republicans are really uh, excited claiming victory because the uh, Pennsylvania court says that the undated ballots, which aren't legal, cannot be counted. Seems sort of like an obvious uh, declaration there, but I, I you know, I, I think, well, so what? They'll count them anyway. I, I just I have so little faith in some of these states based on their past behavior and, and histories when it comes to voting. Does that concern you any? Again, I know, obviously, you're Secretary of State Missouri, but... You know, I, I am concerned by what other states do. Um, when another state doesn't follow their own law, 
when they don't follow their own constitution, which we saw happen in several states in 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, that makes everyone question elections in their own state. And it makes it brings disrepute on Missouri's elections, even if we do follow the law. Um, so I, I, I definitely would like them to have better laws. But at the very least, those other states need to follow their law. Uh, it's a fundamental part of our government. It, we, the people, gave up some autonomy, or our forefathers did, to have a government. But in response, they were supposed to be able to control who would be in those positions of power through elections. And if they don't trust those elections, uh, that strikes to the very core of the stability of our government. Well, and as I mentioned, uh, sample ballots up. And I, I should note your compliments. Uh, appreciated the, the uh uh, belong directly towards uh, Sarah, the producer. She always spends a great deal of time doing. We all doing know that. that Sarah really runs the yeah, show. We I just know. we just so try to be nice to you. So does she. So. <laughs> uh, Secretary of State Ashcroft, thank you. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have a great day, everybody. Get out and vote. All right. Thank you, sir. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Sarah Myers. Thank you, thank you. Well, right now is the perfect time. If you need a roofing repair, call my friends over at the Pyramid Roofing Company. Now, the reason I say it's the perfect time is because we are going to be getting into that colder weather. We're going to see, of course, more frost, more rain, more leaves falling down. So right now is kind of that perfect time to get Josh and the Pyramid Roofing Company out at your house. They can give you a free estimate, get on your roof, do a roof inspection, and make sure that your roof is going to be performing in tip-top condition as we move into these colder months. And of course, if something is wrong, the Pyramid Roofing Company, they can get you on their schedule and make sure that you are taken care of this season. Now, you can find all of the contact information for Josh and the Pyramid Roofing Company that's going to be housed at ksgf.com under the Sarah's Endorsements tab. I know um, you all, your family all dressed up. Did you actually go trick-or-treating? Uh, kind of. So, I was gonna, I, where do you, you live out in the middle of nowhere? So we went out to uh, my mother-in-law's house and we dressed up. The little one was the Pillsbury Doughboy and then I was Betty Crocker and the husband was Chef Boyardee. So we we love Halloween. So I know it's very cute. He was the cutest Pillsbury Doughboy. I'll put a photo up on on your page right. yeah, so everybody Excellent. can see how cute that little well, Pillsbury Doughboy. Like I said, I knew that you were all getting dressed up, but then I thought, well, I wonder if you just actually went trick-or-treating or what you did. No, you so we know. handed out candy for a little bit, and then after a while, we just kind of walked around the neighborhood. And uh, Ryan's little brother, he's kind of at that age where he's not exactly sure if he's too old to go trick-or-treating yeah, yeah. or, you know, but he still kind of wants to. So he got uh, a couple pieces of candy from a couple of houses. But, yeah, it was fun. Friday night, we took the girl child and picked up one of her friends, and then they met another one of her friends at uh, Hotel of Terror. Oh, yes. We How was that? It was fun. I, th I thought it, I had never been to that. We don't do that a lot. Last last time I went to any haunted or through any haunted houses, it was Cape Girardeau a few years ago with my sister and brother-in-law. I think it's a number of my siblings and and uh, went through some of those uh, prior to that. I think it was in high school. I, I don't I, you know, I don't dislike them. I just I don't know. I just don't do it that often. But I thought they did a really good job. I have yeah. been there probably kind of like you since high school time. So yeah. I maybe we'll go next year. Yeah, I thought it was fun. We didn't do the other one. And you can do 
you know, of course, we had half-price deals on them, uh, which would have been a great deal. They're normally 22 a piece, but if you did both, it was 40 and they would uh, sort of hayride you from one to the other, if you will. And, uh, yeah, so we'll probably do the other one next year, maybe even both. Now, the girl child, she made her Halloween yeah. costume? Mm, yeah, she did. I'll have to find that photo. Maybe I'll put that up on, on yeah, your page she, as well. Yeah, and she did a really, really good job. She spent a lot of time on it, a lot of time on it. I, I actually, I kind of felt bad. It's like, you know, I was like, if you can't get that finished, don't worry about it. But she's always been good at that sort of thing, crafting and creating things on her own. So, yeah, she did her own. Very cool. Uh, all right. We were talking with Secretary of State Ashcroft earlier, and I mentioned Pennsylvania. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court has – and the re, by the way, the reason this is important is because we're talking about a race right now in, in Pennsylvania, in the Senate, that could be the difference between whether or not Democrats have another two years of control of the Senate, at least another two years, or not. And many people aren't that worried about the Senate because they see the House – as assuredly to be under Republican control. And so they say, well, I mean, no legislation that the Democrats pass in the Senate will get past the House anyhow. So, you know, uh, as long as we have one, but we cannot forget about Supreme Court justices. And that is a two-year window in which one or more individuals could end up on the bench that can't even define what a woman is. As the last Supreme Court nominee, now a Supreme Court justice, can't even say what a woman is. That lack of intellect on the Supreme Court. And so all of those races and the election integrity is very, very important for the future of the Senate, the near future of the Senate. So we should worry about states like Pennsylvania. So the Pennsylvania Supreme Court has banned the counting of undated or misdated absentee ballots in the upcoming midterm election, and that's because they cannot legally be counted. The reason that this has come to the forefront is because there was a judicial election that occurred in which the Secretary of State, who is a Democrat, appointed to that position, allowed for the counting of those illegal ballots, which allowed for, uh, you know, the uh, the Democrat judge to win. And it did go to the courts, and the courts said, yeah, that was illegal, but they let that election stand. And this is the reward that Democrats get when they cheat. This is part of the problem with the system, because they know as long as they can get across the finish line, even if they are declared to have been, if they're declared to have cheated, they don't have their first place medal taken away from them. So why not cheat? And the Secretary of State, as recently as a couple of weeks ago, sent out a press release saying, I'll allow those votes to be counted anyway. So the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, they said, no, you cannot do it. In an order issued yesterday, the court told the Pennsylvania County Boards of Elections, quote, to refrain from counting any absentee and mail-in ballots received for the November 6th or November 8th, 2022 general election that are contained in undated or incorrectly dated outer envelopes. The court said that it was evenly divided on the issue of whether failing to count the up undated ballots is a constitutional violation, so it ordered that all the misdated and undated ballots be segregated and preserved by the County Board of Elections. Rona McDaniel, chairwoman of the RNC, reacted to the court order in a Tuesday evening tweet claiming a massive legal victory. The PA Supreme Court agrees with us that incorrectly or undated mail ballots cannot be counted in next week's election. Now, can we just note how sad it is that we've gotten to this point in the country? 
where you have one side that this has become a, a, a fight over whether or not you can illegally count ballots with Democrats saying we're going to, whether you like it or not. Republicans saying, how about no, you don't. But again, the concern I have here is we have treated cheating in the past on a scale that is meaningful as the sort of thing that is no big deal. Yes, every so often you'll have a local prosecution of somebody that illegally uh, did some ballot harvesting and so forth. But when you have on a large scale a secretary of state that openly says, oh, we'll just count them illegal anyway, and, and and. in an inst- in a particular situation there, a judgeship was won because of that, and that election was allowed to stand, even though the courts acknowledged that illegal votes were counted. It sends a message, go ahead and cheat. If you do, you will not be held accountable, and if you manage to alter the outcome of the election because of cheating, we'll let it stand. So... I don't have any sort of secure feeling that just because the Supreme Court told them they can't count these, that they're not going to count them. If it is a close race, and if Oz just is barely, come election night, beating Fetterman, I can all but guarantee you they're going to start counting those ballots. They're going to start opening the envelopes up and see the thing. Here's the thing of it. The envelope with the incorrect information is what indicates whether or not it is an illegal vote. But the ballot that is inside, once you open that and then you count the ballot, you can't uncount it because you don't know by looking at the envelope, oh, I know how this person voted so we can take these votes away from so-and-so. And they know that. And so they'll start ripping those puppies open until they push him over the edge. Springfield's Talk 104.1. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1. Garage experts, you want to take a a room, a sizable room. Sometimes it's the biggest room in your house, at least up there, that being your garage, and transform it into a, a bragging point of your home. Then you need to call Garage Experts. Uh, it's it's what I did. I recommend that you go check out the video on my Facebook page, 1041 Nick Reed, shows the before and after, and you'll see what it is they can do for you. And, uh, I mean, they focus on the three Ps. It's people, product, and process. They do really genuinely have the best people in the industry. And, by the way, this is what Garage Experts do. There are a lot of companies that do lots of things, and then one of the many things that they do is garage work, but that's not their focus. And you can only be a true expert at so many things. At some point, you know, you just have a little expertise in a lot of things. But when it comes to a garage transformation, if you want it done it right, done right, then you want it done by people that that is what they do. Garage experts, you can find them under uh, Nick's endorsements at ksgf.com. So uh, Sarah just handed me a note, Biden to deliver an unscheduled speech at the Capitol tonight. Lord only knows what this is about. Uh, More fear-mongering, perhaps. 
Um, you know, there are reports that, that Russia, uh, the Kremlin, has been talking about when and where it is they're going to use tactical nukes. You also have Iran threatening an attack on Saudi Arabia and North Korea firing 17-plus missiles into South Korea. So once again, thank goodness we got rid of dangerous Trump, who was such an unstable force in the world. And we have such experts like Joe Biden. Uh, but what he'll have to say tonight, well, heck, he may not even know. Glenn Beck is coming up next. Talk to you tomorrow. I'm Nick Reed.